Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about the energy industry from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha, and I'm joined by Jason Durden, Head of Energy Markets and Risk Management at Alpha, for our fortnightly review of the markets. Jason, I gather things are starting to get a little bit more interesting in the markets. What's been going on? Hello, Jeremy. Yes, uh, markets have been on fire, I think is probably the, uh, the the only way to describe it over the last uh, week or 10 days. Certainly the back half of August has, uh, has proved very difficult for any uh, short positions and end users with uh, prices um, near vertical in um, you know what one could almost term as uh, slightly hysterical moves perfect storm territory i think is where i'd uh, where i'd pitch it is this a coincidence it's occurring you know at the tail end of summer when you know people are getting back to in quotes more normal work here and elsewhere in Europe and perhaps traders too or, or are there other things going on I mean it's the, it's still the summer maintenance season of course does does that have an influence I think well if we if we look back at August as a whole we'll see that it's been an incredibly bullish month and I think that has been in several parts you know lower volumes i think it's fair to say that some of the price moves have been so significant that volumes have been dragged to what higher levels than we would normally see but it's um it's maintenance season it's a lot of speculation in wider markets i think there's a number of factors moving in and i think you know we've got heavy gas maintenance supporting gas prices We've got carbon doing its well-documented own thing and pushing back towards the July highs in uh, in August. That's obviously quite significant. And then uh, power, we have unusually late this year, but we have the usual scare stories around French nuclear availability in Q4, doing a very late attempt to uh, surge prices. And there are, you know, there is some evidence that we are a little short in terms of um, French nuclear. Um, there's a notice on Friday of last week pushed back the return of nearly two gigs of uh, uh, of power from September into uh, the end of November. But um, generally speaking, I think perfect storm all round. People having to buy as they come into the fourth quarter. And I can't really quantify it just yet, but there's certainly an element of extended valuations in all markets at this moment, particularly equities. Uh, We've seen what's happened to bond markets. Uh, And I think despite the fact that the fundamentals, particularly for gas, remain very strong going into this winter, I think markets have kind of got a little bit ahead of themselves. Interesting. So um, perhaps it's not just a, a bit of a reaction to uh, what had happened earlier or overreaction to what happened er- earlier in the year and the, um, bringing things back to something more akin to normality, but perhaps a, an overreaction in the other direction. Um, I was interested in what's been happening in the carbon market, because we talked about uh, this a lot earlier on in the year with some record prices being achieved. Uh, what's been happening there? We saw last week carbon pushing back towards 30 euros a tonne of CO2 for the uh, December 20 contract. 
lack of primary auction activity is always a good one. It pushes more volumes through the secondary market. Secondary market, we know the funds and investment banks have been very bullish on what they interpret will be EU policy or decisions moving forward. We're expecting some more policy direction this month on what the EU is going to do in terms of uh, slashing its um, carbon targets for 2030 and beyond um, so generally just bullish although you know one does have to temper that with the fact that as we move into late september and into q4 you will see some of the industrials that are, have not been using certificates looking to uh, to offload those i mean you know the data still suggests that 2020 has been the largest ever decrease in eu emissions measured in a single year and, um, you know, we're faced with record carbon prices. So there is, uh, you know, nothing new, I suppose, but uh, there is this huge problem with carbon in terms of, you know, who is it, what is it reflecting? Who is it serving? Is it harming industry at the benefit of the funds and investment banks? Uh, and that's a real question, I think, for the long-term future of, uh, of carbon trading. Well, that's certainly something to watch, not just in the long term, as you say, but also in the, in the next couple of months ahead as, as you know, perhaps uh, some industrials and so on become more active in the market. Maybe we'll see a change there. But of course, you know, carbon emissions have been suppressed throughout the power system. I was reading that, you know, in the second quarter in the UK or more precisely Great Britain, you know, power demand was down about 13% because of the coronavirus crisis overall, with renewables, you know, running flat out, um, producing about 40% of that power. So presumably the, the power sector emissions are going to be well suppressed here and across Europe. And uh, those uh, record levels of renewables uh, must have been contributing something to that. Absolutely. The, the fundamental evidence is that, you know, this has not been a good year for carbon. However, I mean, having traded down to 16 euros and having had uh, valuations based on COVID activity, sort of revalued market at around 20 euros, we've seen the contract trade up to um, a third higher than that. I think structural problems in the marketplace itself, really. You know, and an expectation that uh, we will see, you know, a removal of credits on a continuing basis. It does seem to me to be um, slightly counterintuitive, but that's not to say that it won't continue. I think that one of the complex issues is that the uh, being such a political market, credits can be re uh, withdrawn or added uh, at a whim, uh, and also we're we're seeing that credits can be rolled from one period to another. So not necessarily uh, a fundamentally based market. Well, it's going to be very interesting to watch that. Of course, in, in, in the recent summer period and going into autumn in, in the UK specifically, you've mentioned that the maintenance issues at, at power stations here and elsewhere in Europe uh, of course, um, we tend to import power, particularly from France, but from elsewhere as well. 
I guess under the current conditions, the power might be flowing in, in either direction. And, and we know that the system operator has had some problems here. Shouldn't be scaremongering about this, so they've managed them. Going from periods of extremely high wind one day to a few days later, relatively low levels and having to call on conventional capacity, in some cases coal, to come back on the system in order to bring things back into balance. Is this becoming an increasing problem? Does it show up in the you know, risk premium in forward prices yet? One would certainly add that into uh, to, to sort of explain why we're seeing such widespread bullish moves right out to 2023. You know, and 2023 really shouldn't have any interest in autumn maintenance in 2020. I mean, it should be absolutely irrelevant. But you know, it just does seem to be a, uh, a genuine move to uh, a more bullish tone. In terms of balancing the market, of course, you know, uh, the rush to renewables, or as renewables become more and more uh, prevalent on the on the system, there obviously is a balancing problem or, or difficulties, challenges. Perhaps one should be more accurate to say. In terms of uh, you know, coal or gas or nuclear, relatively base load, but. You know, wind uh, and solar are by definition intermittent and putting more pressure on systems in terms of balancing requirements. So, yeah, that's definitely another cost. But I don't think it's um, it certainly shouldn't be uh, showing the way forward on the near end of the curve at the moment. Um, but, you know, we, we have some we've gone from some of the cheapest prices in the world to some of the most expensive prices in the world in the space of about six weeks. That's a remarkable observation. Probably we, we should all expected prices to have risen from the recent lows, but the speed, and I guess, may have caught a lot of people by surprise. And lastly, you know, just thinking to the weeks and months ahead, um, you'd mentioned um, some things to do with carbon, obviously, and, and the uh, end of the maintenance period or the, uh, the predominant maintenance period for gas and power stations. Is there anything else we should be looking out for, consumers should be particularly aware of in, in, in the next few weeks, do you think? I think uh, weather is um, winter weather is is absolutely key for where the price basis ends up. You know, I mean, if we look at uh, just to develop the price conversation a little bit more, we're seeing Q1 prices for gas reach 42, 42 and a quarter pence this morning. The outturn for Q1 at the beginning of this year, which was largely pre-COVID, uh, with the exception of the last week was 25 pence. Now, I, I can only see Q121 being 42 pence a therm if we have a huge demand spike based on uh, an exceptionally difficult winter. Uh, I don't see any other indications from anywhere that suggest that we could have nearly double last year's pricing for Q1 based on you know, uh, a very sort of static oversupply in Europe and um, wider still. Thank you for that, Jason. Plenty to look out for and plenty to digest. Um, we're certainly uh, moving into another interesting phase, as we always seem to be with, with the markets. So I hope that's been interesting for those, those of you who've been listening. If you'd like to find out further information, please do have a look at our website, alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK. And we hope you'll join us for a podcast again soon. <laughs>